an interview with Al and talk about nature, birds, etc. Good morning, Mr. Al. How are things over there in Heartland? Oh, they're beautiful. It's a beautiful day. A little on the rainy side. I saw they're mowing the road ditches here, and when I came back, I had a meeting in town early this morning, and it's odd that all but one uh, that's on this particular board are men who are prone to talk about how much rain we've got, but <laughs> nobody did. We just really uh, pretty no. We just pretty much said soggy out there today. More coming, and that was about all we got to. But I see the guy that was mowing the lawn got one of the or the um, the ditches uh, has one of those blue Ford uh, tractors and. He was sitting, uh, standing forlornly by it, so I'm assuming it had some sort of mechanical problem. Isn't it kind of wet to mow? I mean, at least mowing your grass, but and I know when we would be on the farm, you wouldn't want to cut hay during the rain either, so I'm just wondering why they're mowing the ditches. Yeah, and uh, I don't, it probably, other than getting stuck, you wouldn't want to get stuck down there, but other than coming up on field driveways and uh, driveways to home, that might chew them up a little bit. I suppose they're not doing a whole lot of damage. I imagine they want to get it done. As uh, they're looking at a schedule there, probably well, on their plus wall. Well, plus you want to get them the 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 uh, plants before they go to seed too, because with the, the, a lot of those weeds in the ditches and things, if you can catch them before they go to seed, that'll help a little bit with future weed problems. It it sure will. I have to tell everybody, I'm sitting there holding a. Uh, a little wooden bird that my wife gave me. It's a comfort bird. Aww. And uh, made by Jake, F-R-O-E-S-E. I don't know if it's Frazy, Freezy. I'm probably way off on it. But it was uh, it was awfully nice to give that to me. It's just a beautiful little bird that has no painting on or anything, just polished wood, and somebody carved it. And it's, Are you uh, feeling comforted, Al? Yeah, I am. Seriously, I think it works. They're onto something here, so I, I like that. And I, I do want to thank Tom, who sent me a wonderful card, and it said, To the real Batman. So that what a nice guy. I, um, I should thank everybody at the May Farm. I went out there for the plowing bee, and um, because of all the uh, rain and everything, we they were unable to have the plowing bee, which was certainly disappointing. And then to heighten that disappointment, they had me speak instead, so it was like they were being punished twice. So, And also, uh, but it was fun. We went on a... Um, uh, a, a hayride and looked at nature and things. So that was a, that was really cool. A lot of nice people, and uh, we looked at. Uh, I grabbed some of the seeds or the seed pods from the wild cucumber, so everybody could look at it. And uh, one child uh, was uh, very investigative and uh, broke it open and said, well, "It smells just like a cucumber," which it does. And uh, so it was fun being out there. It's too bad it was wet, but we enjoyed looking at the Jerusalem artichokes and gray tree frogs that were actually green because they have kind of a chameleon. Uh, there weren't much for birds. Killdeer were about only, the only birds we saw flying around out by the wetland out there. But it was uh, it was great fun being on a on a hay rack and going on a hay ride again and getting swatted by branches of trees. <laughs> I remember that as a kid sitting up there, and I think my dad would 
kind of veer over once in a while to make sure I was paying attention back there. But it was a lot of fun, and I appreciate Jack and his family doing that. It's a treat to be out there by St. Clair. And also to everybody that came out on the Pelican Breeze on Sunday. We had a great time out there. Bald Eagles entertained us. We saw uh, adults, young ones, and they were flying all around fishing. I didn't see the young ones catch anything. I did see the uh, adult, the whitehead and whitetail. He went down and caught a fish with just uh, no problem whatsoever. And the young bald eagles are still kind of learning that. One of the other cool things while we're on this, the the Pelican Breeze is a huge pontoon that I think it's 60, maybe it's licensed for, something like that. And the monarch butterflies that were flying across the Elberly Lake, which is 2,654 acres. Uh, actually, I think the last DNR thing now says it's 2,669 or something like that, a little bit higher anyway. But it's um, all these monarchs are flying across this. It's like four sections of land. And we kept, um, most years we have some fly right through the boat, but for one reason or another, these all came up to the boat and then went over the top of it. Mm. I, I dream it'll come in and land on somebody. I think that would just be the coolest thing ever. See, it I got is. a question. You mentioned monarchs. Uh, we've been, you know, hatching them in, in the inside. We bring them in and catch them. So we let one out this morning, even though it was going to rain. Do they make it in the rain or what do they do? What happens to them? Because I said, maybe we shouldn't let it out. But my son had already let it out. So it was too late. So Yeah, they, they do all right. Oh, they will. No, they okay. Pro- they probably aren't going to do a whole lot of flying in the rain because it would just beat them up. Where but do they go to for protection? They'll find a place to hide, you oh. know, on a tree or somewhere where they can kind of get out of it. I, I know, uh, was it Sunday I was looking at one out here? It's hard to remember all the times it rained. Maybe it was Saturday. And it was uh, on a tree. uh not on the bark, really. It was a, a dead branch not far from the bark, and it was on there, and it was pretty dry under there, so it was weathering the storm, so to speak. So, so when they, they have these really these really down, hard, hard downpours like we did last night, do some of them get lost in that? I have no doubt that they do, because some humans get lost in it, so mm. I would guess it would happen to them, too, because, boy, but, you know, they look so fragile, but yes. we know that they fly down to Mexico. They are, um, they're tough. Uh, they're really tough, and they just, they look so, we look at them, we think, oh, that poor thing, and how can it even, how can it even fly across my drive? But um, they're tough. Uh Wasika, yeah, I was thinking about that this morning for no particular reason, because that's why we think about a lot of things is for no particular reason. Wasika holds, they're the official state annual precipitation record holder. Really? Huh. In two, 2016, they got 56.24 inches, wow. and 63% of that fell between July and September. So I remember being down there and um, taking advantage of a situation. Sadly, there were Franklin's gulls everywhere in a place that had flooded, and they were pulling earthworms out of the the flooded grass. Um, Young animals are out and moving about, so some will become roadkill, so we can play that game with, uh, what was that? (laughs) Dodge. We look at those carcasses, yeah. Uh, 
animals, young animals, are new to the world, so they really don't know how cold-hearted some cars can be. It's just one of those things. And I'm seeing no more young robins in my yard, so maybe they're all kind of grown up a bit. Uh, baby robins are unable to fly well when they leave the nest, so they must build muscles and grow adult feathers to be capable flyers, and that takes times after they takes time after they fledged. And their spotted breasts and other camouflage markings help hide them from predators. They're skilled at blending in with their environment. Uh, Robins typically have two broods a year with both parents feeding the youngsters. And all of those that fledge, about a quarter of those that fledge this summer will survive to November. So one out of four about. And then if we take that one, about half of those birds will survive to the next year. That's not very good odds, is it? No, it's, uh, it's, you know, and their problem is they taste just like chicken. There's so many things mm. that want to eat young birds. It's, it's a tough life out there. I'm seeing some abnormal molts in the birds in my yard. I had two bald eagles, or two bald eagles, two bald blue jays side by side at a feeder here. And, of course, I stumbled for the camera, and by the time I got it, they were gone. I did get a, uh, some more photos of the one. He, he poses. Uh, but the other one took off, so I couldn't get two of them together. And also I had a bald male cardinal here. I'm seeing barn swallows slicing the air, uh, feeding upon swarming ants when it's not raining so hard. Uh, the barn swallows a neotropical migrant, so it travels south in flocks to winter in Mexico, Central America, South America, travels during the day, and they will fly as many as 600 miles in one day. Uh, Rita Granson said on August 28th, stopped at Parker's Woods in Mason City and saw 14 species of warblers. Uh, Jim Knudsen of Heartland said he had a cooper's hawk in his yard that uh, dispatched a couple of pigeons. Chad Hines of Mankato said, uh, seen, recent warblers seen black and white, black pole, bay-breasted, yellow, Wilson's, chestnut-sided, Canada, Tennessee, Nashville, American Red Start, Common Yellow Throat. And those are all warblers. And I, in, just in my yard here, I see so many American Red Starts right now. They're just everywhere. But back to Chad. He said, other migrants have been Eastern Wood Peewee, Lease Flycatcher, Olive Sided Flycatcher, Eastern Kingbird, Sedgerin, Red Eyed and Warbling Vireos, Common Nighthawk, Blue Gray Knack Catcher. The Bethany Hawk Watch is up and going, and while turkey vultures have dominated the numbers, we've had American Kestrel, Osprey, Broadwing Hawk, and Bald Eagle moving as well. American White Pelicans are moving south in squadrons, too. The walk-in access south of Medelia has greater white-fronted geese, least in American bitterns, common gallinule, shorebirds, and ducks. Tom Dolan and I successfully chased the roseate spoonbill at the Long Meadow Union, unit of the Minnesota Valley National Wildlife Refuge on Sunday night. So I'm, I'm glad for that, that uh, bird's got a lot of press. Anne, uh, Anne S., says, what appears to be honeybees are swarming all over my grape jelly that's out for my Orioles. I even changed the jelly and put a little water in it. They didn't sting while I changed the jelly. Are they forming a new colony? This might have happened last year, too. What, what to do? 
my Orioles just sit and look at them. Um, they're not swarming in. They're just attracted to an easy source of food, the jelly. And uh, you can rotate the jelly feeders and move them around, uh, and it'll take a while for the bees to find them. It's uh, it's a good thing you're feeding bees, I guess. We we like the honey bees, and it it certainly helps them a little bit. The Orioles are kind of leaving. Uh, yesterday, I had about 20 of them here in my yard yet, but they're uh, they're starting to get out of here. If you have some yellow on the feeder, uh, it seems that that's the bees and wasps find that attractive for some reason. Uh, I I would just move it around a little bit. Or should uh, you avoid putting yellow on your feeders, perhaps? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, and a lot of them come with yellow on it because oh, it's attractive it's to pretty, a lot yeah. of things. Yeah, but it, this time of year, it just, it seems to me anyway that bees and wasps are more attracted to something with yellow than just red, but uh, they will find the red ones too. Well, yesterday I was out working in the at the lake house and I was going to turn on the water and I turned around and all of a sudden something stung me in the elbow and boy did it hurt it was some sort of a wasp what kind of wasp was it likely I you know it was so quick that it happened and and my elbows just you know got very very swollen and it hurt and I didn't touch it because don't they say if you you touch it or scratch it it spreads the venom faster or is that a myth I'm not aware of that. No, no. maybe I just made I, that up. <laughs> well, that's good. it's uh, it more than likely it's a yellow jacket, but okay. there are a lot. I I walk through a um, oh, I love goldenrod patches. I just love walking through there, seeing all the insects and things that are around. There's crab spiders, one of my fav- favorite insects. I just love seeing them, but there uh, there are a lot of bald-faced hornets. And there are a lot of yellow jackets and some other paper wasps are all over the goldenrod right now. Well, now, I was yep. in my, my little garden by the house, which has quite a few flowers and things. Does that mean there's a nest somewhere nearby, or are they just out and about? Because my husband said, well, did you see a nest? And I said, I, I don't think there's any out there, because, you know, just to be concerned if there's there's more. And the bald faced hornets. They're the ones that we see in cartoons. Oh, those old little rascal shorts and those kind of things. The ones that look like footballs that uh, typically in the cartoons fall down and Mm -hmm. cover somebody's head and they run off and jump in a lake with all these guys. That's bald-faced hornets. Yellow jackets, uh, paper wasps make sort of a, a paper. They chew up leaves and things and make a nest and might be hanging under something on a deck. Uh, fairly small nests as far as those go, as far as numbers. The uh, yellow jackets, boy, they nest. You know, people have found them in old buildings and walls. They're underground. They can be just about anywhere. And they're the ones, I know whenever I've been stung by a wasp, it's usually a yellow jacket. And it's usually, uh, not like you were doing, but it's usually me. I'm at a picnic and I put my elbow down on one and and they get ticked off about it and and sting me. They are the ones that are become quite surly, uh, especially after we get our first frost and they start running out of food. Oh, I wonder what their excuse was for me being out there. 
I think you just ticked them off, probably. I wonder if I didn't accidentally brush by them or something with all the flowers and things. But do you think they live around there? I mean, or do they travel quite a ways away? Because I'm concerned about having some, you know, in the the vicinity if I'm Oh, I'm sure they're in the vicinity somewhere because they're they're pretty much everywhere, wasps. They just, uh, I don't know where you could go without finding wasps right now. There's a good good variety of different kinds of them we uh we've talked about the cicada killer wasp mm-hmm. which john of new Ulm said he's been seeing a bunch of those so good to hear from you john but there's um there's cricket killers there's all different kinds of these wasps out there so yeah and i don't know what you maybe you said something about to her mother or something you know i'm i'm sure you had it coming karen because you know, i was just turning on the water <laughs> well there you go see that was it now we know uh bonita underbaki uh, bonita lives in lanesboro and rod meyer rod lives in mankato they each asked the identity of a beautiful black and yellow spider that appears to be trying to white, write a novel in its web. And it's an argiope, or a black and yellow garden spider. It's also called a yellow garden spider, a signature spider, or a writing spider. It's an orb weaver, and uh, we remember from uh, Charlotte. Charlotte's Web, where she wrote things to Wilbur the pig in there. So these um, garden spiders, uh, these black and yellow garden spiders, are typically found in late summer in the center of large roundish webs. And the spider's large web often has an area in a zigzag pattern. It's called stable momentum, which resembles dental floss to me. And the purpose for this is up for conjecture. But again, it's thought to provide camouflage for the spider. Some say it's a place for the spider to hide and uh, eliminate the rays of the sun, so they don't want to get a tan. It uh, might attract flying insect prey by reflecting ultraviolet light. And it, it, it certainly, I would think, be a warning to birds to avoid the web because, boy, you want to build that web and then have a bird come along and fly right through it. You don't get anything to eat out of it. You get a ruined web. You want to stop that. And there's so much folklore as to what the spider's trying to write. I've been through the years I've been told that it's, <laughs> It's who you're going to marry. It's who's going to be the next president. And then you all know there'd have to be one where it says who's going to be the next to die. Because everything, uh, death comes in there somewhere. It, um, I, I know some, uh, it was a, somebody's mother, and I wish I could remember who it was, told her that if she asked the spider, if she said her name to the spider, then the spider would uh, write her name on there, you know, and bad things would happen. So she shouldn't say anything to this spider. I, you know, they look to me like it's one W after another. So if you're looking for who's going to be the next in the obituary column, it'd be somebody whose name is like that. It'd be just all W. I hope it's not somebody whose last name starts with W like mine. Whoops. Oh, yeah. It's, well, it'd be www. Oh. So, so it's an internet be... address, apparently. <laughs> it is a very long one. So it's, it's really cool to see them. And as with many spiders, the female is much larger than the male. Uh, she has a body measuring about an inch long, and if you include the legs, then she can be several inches in length. And she is a 
beauty. She's just just stunning. I I write a column about nature every week, and I took a picture of one of these beautiful ladies and I wrote part of the column about about her. Uh, Bill Howe of Albert Lee sent me all these uh, lovely photos of an osprey. Uh, What a beautiful bird. And the osprey is the fish hawk. A lot of people called it in the past, and I imagine some still do. And it was, um, somebody asked me yesterday, they said, did Ben Franklin really want the wild turkey to be our national bird? I don't, I read the things he wrote about it, and to me it didn't sound like he said it, that he wanted the turkey. What he said was it would be a better choice than the bald eagle because he thought the bald eagle was a bird of ill repute because it stole fish from the fish hawk, while the wild turkey is brave and out there just working every day to get its own food. So he said, you know, even the wild turkey, that would be a better choice. So the osprey is a wonderful fisher bird, um, more gifted than uh, certainly young bald eagles. They could all just hope they could be half as good as an osprey probably someday. So an osprey will catch a fish. The bald eagle said, boy, that's a good-sized fish. (laughs) He'll go roust the osprey. The osprey will drop the fish. The eagle will very often grab it right out of the air or down on the water, and away it goes with the fish. So so it uh, it's beautiful. Ospreys are one of my favorite birds. I just think they are so, so lovely. Oh, and I wanted to mention about your wasp, too, Karen, before I forget. Where do wasps overwinter? I get asked that a lot. The only wasps that live over the winter here in beautiful Minnesota are the queens. Oh. The other... The other wasps perish with the onset of cold weather. So, folks, that's why you always see these bald-faced hornet nests in nature centers and things, because people bring them in because there's no wasp in there. The queens will find refuge in protected sites in and around the home and landscape, so it's under a rock or tree bark. Do they the, do they ever reuse those paper nests? Or is, I mean, so if the people re- remove them, doesn't matter or, or not? I have talked to a couple of folks who are waspologists, they're entomologists, but Mm -hmm. they really like wasps, and they said they have never seen one that has been reused by those wasps. Interesting, okay. So uh, you'd make a wonderful Christmas gift, and if you get one of those, you can give them to somebody, (laughs) wrap it up. The wasps that uh, survive here, of course, are fertilized queens, so then when they come out, they can build a new nest, and they build a colony from scratch, so that's... It all works out, I guess, in the long run, as everybody would say. Uh, it's, I, 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 you know, I taught a class, and we built bat houses so many years ago. It was scary. We had about a hundred kids in the class, and we, we had a lot of volunteers trying to keep them in line with saws and hammers and nails and. It was a, a stressful class, but one of the kids were so good, they built a lot of those and put them up, but they were very small. Uh, we didn't have any follow-up to see if anybody got bats in them. So when people ask, if I build a bat house, will it be inhabited? I say, well, let's hope so. We'll mm-hmm. just join in that hope. 
because despite what we were told in the movie, the field of dreams, just because you build it doesn't mean they will come. So we hope they will, and uh, you've certainly given them a shot. But, boy, I just uh, I found it very, very hard to fill those. Uh, I see a lot of them. I see a lot of them that do have bats in them, certainly, but I see a lot more that do not, and sadly. When I walked into uh, the meeting this morning, there were morning doves on the sidewalk. There was a brief respite in the rain, and when they took off, their wings whistled. And, you know, I was thinking a can of WD-40 would cure that, if I could just get the morning doves. Uh, Morning doves, when they take flight, the tips of their flight feathers vibrate, causing the whistling sound. And this isn't uncommon in birds. A lot of folks will say, scientists will say, that this lets the other birds know that maybe something is amiss here and we should take flight they'll hear that little bit of whistle and if you watch morning doves typically when one flies then they all fly so that might be the case i hope it is because that's what i've been told forever but i uh, also saw a lot of eurasian collared doves this morning uh, also in town so, so al I, I sent you a letter and did yeah. you get it it had some I pictures did. from our friend john in new Ulm that he believed were ravens, so I I need to ask the question. Did you get the pictures, and what were your thoughts? I I did, and I thank John very much for sending them, and uh, I'll keep looking, uh, and I don't want to anger John or anything. I appreciate him listening, and uh, uh, I I, I hope he'll believe me when I say those are, it's a crow, so... um, I don't know what else to say. I, I just wish there, we'd find a raven in Brown County, and I hope John keeps looking and we get one. But well, what's so the now? How what's the distinguishing uh, distinguishing mark? I mean, I know they can look similar, so maybe that's why he you know believes that these are ravens. And I hate you know because I, I don't know the difference. They they look all the same to me because sure. I'm not a bird identifier. So. Sure. The bill on this one appeared to be very pointed and sharp. Uh, ravens have big honking bills. Uh, ravens have wedge-shaped tails. The tails are different. Uh, size is a little bit, but it's not a very keen uh, way to judge. If you're just seeing a, a one bird like this, you can't really tell the size of it. Uh, ravens are typically bigger. If you see a lot of uh, birds flying together, those will typically be crows. Ravens aren't too much for getting it together in groups. Uh, ravens are home buddies. That's why we don't see them traveling down here much. Crows tend to move around a lot more, so you will get crows migrating down from way up way up north but ravens are very tough. There's a when Barrow does their Christmas bird count, uh, way up there north in Alaska, typically what they get on their Christmas bird count is a raven. Now, That's are they typically just northern birds? Is that what you're saying? That I mean, do you find rarely find them anywhere but up north? In Minnesota. Oh. Yeah. In other parts of the, the country, we certainly see them down south. Oh. In Minnesota, there I just uh, checked uh, with eBird, and I also checked with the breeding bird surveys that are done in Minnesota, and they do find them down oh, Zimmerman and uh, areas like that. So uh, 
nearly to the Twin Cities. They will find some of them, but um, none south of there. Well, yeah. what sort of habitat do they like? I mean, what is their preference? You know, they, they well, in Minnesota, because where they are up north, they seem to like the large um, forested areas and things like that. I was in Bagley the other day and woke up in the morning to the croaking of the ravens out there, and they were up to who knows what they were up to, but they were up to something out there. So I took a bunch of photos of them, and they're just uh, they're beautiful critters, but they were very happy in that Bagley area. And uh, they also have uh, magpies there, which we don't get down here either. So um, a lot, we probably get uh, overall more birds here maybe than they do, but they, uh, it's nice to see the magpies and ravens. I, they're a couple of my favorite birds. And what and would I've be the, the difference in the sound of a crow versus a raven, too? Because, I, I mean, I, aren't crows like, caw, caw, kind of like that? Or yeah, crows caw, and um, ravens do a real uh, gronk croaking sound hmm. that uh, you know, oh, you used to hear them in a lot of shows that there were about Alaska or the Native Americans from Alaska primarily because they have um, the Raven Clan up there uh, where I stay in Haines there's the Raven Clan and the uh, the bald eagle clan or the eagle clan and i i love the song you hear uh, ravens in a lot of native music uh, it's just a oh it's a real low low sound and they make it often so just like crows make the cawing you will hear ravens do this other sound so it, it's a pretty neat thing to hear and again john man you know hang in there i i'm on your on your side so i wish we could find some here but uh, uh, don't know what else to say i don't want to belabor the point i guess it's uh i hope everyone will come to the cafe john especially you uh the cafe where the food chain is missing a few links a special is always a heimlich maneuver and gravy is considered a beverage and now featuring authentic leftovers with less hair in the food and real cup holders where grease is good and none of the food smells like feet well hardly any there i was standing and looking as if i were someone looking at chickens which is what i was doing <laughs> It's a fine way to pass the time. I was peering at 4-H chickens at a county fair. They were coaching hens, big and friendly. They've inspired many people to get backyard chickens. And another fellow was looking at the same poultry. He said, this is what he said to me. Just, I mean, we didn't know each other. He just said, I don't like chickens. Well, I, had to, I had to ask him why, and he said when he was a boy, he had to carry struggling roosters to his grandmother so she could turn them into Sunday dinners. Oh, <laughs> And he didn't like the chickens because those roosters insisted on pecking him when he carried them to slaughter. <laughs> well, go figure. Everybody think pleasant thoughts about a chicken today. Remember, folks, Heartland is well worth driving past. Uh, thanks for having nothing better to do than to listen to me. And do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. Thanks, Karen. I enjoyed your company. And thanks, everyone, for listening to KMSU. Al, it's great to chat with you. We'll be back again with you next week. Until then, stay dry. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, our good friend Al Bat. And if you missed the, the show and you wanted to hear the rest of Al Bat, we store our past shows. We archive, try to do all of them. Sometimes we miss a couple here and there. But on the SoundCloud. So if you go to your computer and go to SoundCloud, you can Google... KMSU on the SoundCloud, and then there's a 
list of the different shows, whether it's Al Bat, Birding with Bat, or Master Gardener, or Cooking with Joe, or we've got Broadway, we've got blues shows, and on and on. Lots and lots of different shows up there. So if you get a chance and you want to listen, that that's how you can do it. All right, speaking of birds, I got a song called Blackbirds. This is by Gretchen Peters here on The Maverick. It is 1034.